Welcome, hockey fans, to this newest edition of This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey. I am your guest host, Bill Berg. Uh, with me tonight, Del Scanlon, Bill Berg Jr. Uh, MJ Hammett is on special assignment this week, and hopefully he'll be back with us next week. Um, got a quick program today heading into the holidays, but uh, we'll get started with the recap of last week. Dell uh, took in the girls game of the week, which was the Rock County Fury at the Metro Lynx. So why don't you tell us how that one went, Dell? Yeah, that, it was a pretty good game starting out. Uh, the Lynx jumped out to a two-goal lead, lead, but then with about a little over a minute remaining in the first period, uh, Emma Klagora got a nice breakaway going where the Lynx players caught up with her. And she, the shot she took, I was surprised it went into the net. It was, it was that far to the side of the goalie and it found its way into the net. And, you know, so it was two to one at the end of the first period. The thing that stood out in that first period is Olivia Cronin had finished the period with 22 saves compared to three saves for um, Rock County's uh, goalie. And went into the second period, the Lynx really dominated that period. They scored on a power play uh, about almost halfway through the period and then scored a second goal uh, a little bit later to have a four to one lead at the end of two. And then the third period belonged to the Lynx again as they scored three unanswered goals to go on and win the game seven to one. The one thing that stood out was Rock County did get called for a five minute major and a 10 minute uh, misconduct for a checking from behind pen penalty. And they were able to keep the Lynx from scoring on that. Uh, the Lynx did end up getting a penalty called during it. So the last two minutes of the, that penalty was a four on four, but all in all, you know, Olivia Cronin did what she could to keep Rock County Fury in this game, but the Lynx just, you know, were able to use their numbers and dominate the game to end up with a seven to one victory. And with that, I'll turn it over to William for the Amory versus Lakeland boys game of the week. Yeah, uh, Burglar and I went up to Minocqua on Saturday uh, to see uh, unbeaten Lakeland take on uh, one loss, Amory. I believe Amory was ranked third in Division II uh, coming into that game. Uh, got there, Burglar realized he did not put a memory card in his camera. <laughs> so he missed the first period as he had to run to Walmart and buy a memory card. Uh, but thankfully they have, you know, a store in Manaqua. It's the only one. Uh, so he was able to get one and get pictures of the next two periods. But uh, we got to chat with uh, Tim Henningsgaard and um, Matt. Why am I blanking on his name? He emails me every week. Matt Humple, uh, the coach, the co head coach and assistant coach of Amory uh, before the game. And um, they talked, well, they're really liking two division hockey. Uh, it's done a lot for their program. Uh, the attitude of, of the kids in their program, not just at the high school level, but at the youth level uh, who are looking to be playing high school area, you know, in the future. Uh, it's nice that um, not being in the same section as Hudson anymore and not playing in the same conference as Hudson, they don't have to play them, um, which is a position I'm sure a lot of teams would like to be in right now. <laughs> 
uh, not having to play Hudson uh, because they are just dominating and they have been for several years. Um, and this kind, this kind of trip is not the kind they would have made in the past. Uh, a trip to 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 play Lakeland uh, in Manaqua. Uh, it's a three-hour trip for them. Um, you know, back in 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 single division, their non-conference games would have played a lot more people in their area. Your your Hudsons, your Eau Claire's, uh, those kinds of teams. And now that they're they're Division Two, they get a chance to travel out a little further. Uh, they mentioned you know Anago was over in Baldwin. Uh, that's not a trip that that would have happened in the past. Um, so they were they're very happy about the state of of Division Two right now, um, and the, and the opportunities it's affording small schools like theirs. Uh, so that was yeah that was you, had, nice... you had to play you had to play the teams in your your section for for seating purposes. Yeah, and now that there's four sections covering the same geographic area instead of eight, the sections are all a lot bigger. Your travel is further. So you mean you have to spend more on travel, but um, you're seeing teams you wouldn't have seen before. And it's nice. It's, I think, I think it's working out on the division two side uh, really well. Um, that's it. We'll get into the game. Uh, Amory uh, in my mind really controlled the first several minutes of the game, but it was Lakeland who got on the board first um, little scrum in front of the, the Amory goal. Uh, their defense was able to clear the puck out and knock it out towards the blue line, but uh, the blue liner was able to knock it down. Uh, Matt Haggart, um, and he fired just a beautiful wrist shot from deep near the blue line up into the top corner of the net. And I don't think Amory goalie um, Alex uh, Starzecki ever saw it. Um, just based on the way he reacted to the shot as it went in, there was a lot of traffic in front of the net based on the scrum that happened before that shot. I don't think he even saw it. Beautiful shot into the top corner of the net. So I'm not sure he just really had a chance to stop it anyway, but Lakeland took the early 1-0 lead, and then they scored again just 21 seconds later. Um, Thomas McCumber fired a shot from the point that Braden Warkall tipped in front um, right up into the top of the net, made it 2-0 uh, after Avery had really controlled the first couple of minutes of the period. And then Lakeland kind of owned the rest of the first period um, other than um, – Amory got one back shorthanded. Uh, they had an offensive zone faceoff shorthanded. Um, it was kind of a, a fluky goal. Uh, they won the drawback to Caden Meyer uh, at the point, and he fired a slap shot in um, probably knee high or so coming in at the net. And I don't think Frederick Henningsgaard tipped it. I think it hit him and deflected. And it was one of those deflections you see every now and then where the puck starts rolling end over end and it goes like 10, 12 feet in the air. And, you know, the goalie was down because the shot was low and you can just kind of see him looking up and trying to reach back as the puck like flutters over him into the net. Um, you know, you don't, you see that goal every now and then, but not that often. Um, and there's not a lot of goalie can do about it. They've gone down, they're ready. They're ready to block that shot or any, you know, from the distance he was out any tips that are coming in, but that kind of deflection where it goes, you know, 10, 12 feet in the air and it just kind of tumbles over the goalie um, cut the lead in half. Uh, from there, uh, second period, no no goals were scored again. Um, I thought Amory actually led in puck possession, but Lakeland led in shots. Amory just wasn't getting shots through to the net. Um, and then in the third period, uh, kind of like the, the second period last week when we saw it at Tomahawk, in the third period, Amory just came out like their heads were on fire, um, and they really dominated the third period, controlled uh, the pace of play 
really well. Um, Lakeland did not get a lot of chances in the third period. The couple they did get were, were odd man rushes and even a, a breakaway, uh, but Starzecki turned them all away. Um, Lakeland actually had a couple one-on-one -on -one opportunities against Avery, uh, Amory defenseman where the Lakeland forward just completely undressed the defenseman coming on the ice and got free and Starzecki came up to the task on all of them. Uh, but Amory tied it up uh, at the 611 mark of the period. Again, it was another tipped shot. Uh, Blue Anderson fired it from the point and uh, Reese Atkins. Um, this one was actually a tip, not a, not a deflection like the Hennings guard goal. It was actually a tip uh, shot low on the ice, tipped right up into the top corner of the net. Uh, exactly what you want to see happen on that kind of shot uh, to tie the game up. Uh, both goalies turned away uh, odd man rushes uh, from then on out. And then uh, with just 46 seconds left uh, in the game, Amory was able to break the tie. Uh, Frederick Henningsgaard made a, a nice heads up pass down the ice to Simon, uh, Simon Panic, who caught Lakeland on a line change. Uh, as he entered the blue line, there were three Lakeland players like right on him, uh, but or like a step behind him, three guys just trailing him into the zone. Uh, but he was able to maintain control as they were harassing him from behind. Uh, and he was able to beat Max Masaizva uh, to give Amory the 3-2 the lead with 46 seconds left. And then they added an empty netter uh, with 0 0.2 left on the clock uh, to make it a 4-2 win. I was really, really nice hockey game. Both Division II games, Burler and I have seen this year, have been really, really good hockey games. Um, this one was probably a little faster than the, the last one we saw, but either way, both were really good games. Uh, now, uh, Lakeland uh, no longer undefeated. That was their first loss of the season. And uh, Amory, uh, we'll see in the poll later, but they're still holding on to that number three spot uh, in Division Two. All righty then. Um, yeah, I, I was... I was at, I saw the second and third period with you, like you said, uh, a little mix up there on the 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 the, the film for the camera, um, but the 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 go ahead well, well the go ahead goal you know I've I've heard a lot of a lot of times you hear well the goalie had no chance on that one and I generally try to avoid that because whenever I, I you've you've always see, you've you've already seen at least one goalie make that save you know, that he had no chance, but that, that, uh, that going, that tip, um, that, yeah, that, I mean, that was right from the top of the crease and straight up and over him. And really he, he had no chance on that. I was, I was kind of surprised each, it was a tie game late in the third period and each team, you know, actually used their timeout, which you don't usually see happen a lot. I'm going to tie usually it's a one goal game where they're trying to set up at the end, but um, you know, Lakeland called their timeout with about four minutes left. And then with about two minutes left, Amory called theirs and Amory had been rotating three lines, you know, consistently, but at, you know, they, they called their timeout, took the extra minute to get their, their top line back out there, you know, to try to, to, to finish off the period. So, um, it, it worked for them. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even you know, think about that, but yeah, they both, yeah, they both took their timeout in a tie game. And, you know, it wasn't a, you know, it's not a regional play down or a sectional game or anything. It was a regular season game on a Saturday night. Um, so, yeah, they were, they're both, they're both playing to win. All righty. Um, next up would be our Wyndham Garden 
in of Madison and Fitchburg players of the week. On the boys' side, he hails from Hudson and plays either defense or forward, uh, whatever is required for that particular opponent. On Thursday, uh, he had two goals and three assists in a 7-0 win over New Richmond. And on Saturday, one goal and three assists as Hudson beat Notre Dame, number one Hudson beat Notre, number two Notre Dame, five to nothing on Saturday. So Max Giblin, our boys, Wyndham Garden in of Fitchburg, uh, player of the week. And on the girls' side, we have Leonie Betcher, uh, forward from Viroqua. On Monday, she had three goals. No, she had one goal and a four to one win over the Badger Lightning. And on Friday, she had four goals in a 7-1 win over Cap City. So Leonie Betcher is our girls' Wyndham Garden in of Fitchburg Player of the Week. And Cap next City, up, pardon Cap me? City's not Cap City's not having the kind of season they've had in years past, but seven goals is still uh, the most they've given up this year. Um, Dell, is Viroqua a team that we need to be paying more attention to? Um, I'm not really sure. I know that one thing is, is, uh, the, their player of the week this week is their foreign exchange student. And I was just trying to go to our front page here and because I want, I want to say she's from Germany, but I wanted to double check on that. Um, German yeah, like, exchange. Yeah. The, I mean, Cap City, uh, they lost, um, to one of the two lightnings. I don't know which one it was. Um, probably to Lakeshore. Yeah, that was that was three to one. They lost to USM three to two, and they lost to the Metro Lynx three to nothing. They hadn't given up more than three goals in any game this year, and then Viroco comes in and drops a seven on them. And I don't know that much about Viroco right now. I I mean they've I they played uh the Badger Lightning. They've played uh Cap City, and I want to say that they've also played uh. Wisconsin, Wisconsin Valley Union and Black River Falls, but I'm, I'm actually called bringing up their site as we're as we're talking. And well, we'll keep an eye on them as the as the season goes on. I'll move on to top sixes here. Um, not a lot of drama in the top sixes this week. Um, shocking nobody. Hudson is still number one in Division One. They are unanimous this week. Eau Claire Memorial moves up two spots to the second spot. Nina is still third. Notre Dame Academy drops two spots to the fourth spot. Uh, Madison Edgewood is still fifth, and Verona is still sixth. On the Division II side, uh, St. Mary's Springs and Oregon flip-flop for the second consecutive week. This time, Springs is number one and Oregon's number two. Uh, Springs was unanimous number one this week. Amory is still third. New Richmond is still fourth. Rice Lake moves up one spot to fifth, and Baldwin-Woodville takes over the sixth spot. They were not ranked last week. When the girls' Metro Lynx are still first, Central Wisconsin moved up one spot to second. Bay Area dropped one spot to third. Uh, Fox Cities moved up one spot to fourth. Western Wisconsin moved dropped back one spot to fifth, and Hudson is still sitting on the sixth spot. Uh, interesting thing I noticed in the St. Mary Spring versus Oregon game um, Springs led that game, I believe, three to nothing after two periods. They ended up winning at three to two. 
if the score sheet is to be believed, Oregon outshot them 45 to 24. Uh, we've seen Oregon pile the goals on people this year, uh, 45 to 24 out shooting them. Uh, Hayden rising, uh, you know, two years ago, he was in the state tournament as a freshman as their starting goalie all year. Now he's a junior. Uh, he doesn't have that group of 86 seniors in front of him anymore. Um, but he turned away 43 of 45 in a game against one versus two and his team held on for a one goal win. Uh, you can't ask for much more than that from your goalie. Yeah. He was pitching a shutout for most of that game. Um, to the last, yeah, like, like less than, well, just over three minutes left when Oregon finally scored. And I was told that the, 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 the yeah, they scored again with four seconds left. Um, I was told one of the, the Springs defensemen, uh, thought rather than clearing the puck out of the zone, he was going to try to eat up the last 28 seconds of the clock by, you know, keeping the puck in the corner while they got numbers on him and got the puck out of the corner and managed to score with four seconds left. But uh, yeah, outshot almost two to one. A lot of penalties in that game. Uh, Six penalties on Oregon, seven on Springs. I don't know if that's a lot, but that's a lot more than the, the games we've watched this year in person. 13 penalties is, uh, compared to the other games we've watched this year, is a parade to the penalty box. <laughs> okay, uh, moving along. There's not much to move along to. We are not uh, going to be featuring any games of the week uh, this week. Um, different holiday stuff. There, there aren't there aren't as many games scheduled this week. Uh, plus, we've all got other duties um, that are going to preclude uh, going to any hockey games this week. But we are looking forward to some action next week as we get into holiday tournament time, and some of them that we've we've already gotten uh, notices on. There is the. The Wisconsin Prep Hockey Girls Holiday Classic. I like the name of that one. Uh, that'll be taking place in Chippewa Falls on the Tuesday and Wednesday after Christmas, the 28th and the 29th. Um, kind of a tough draw uh, the first day. The, uh, on Tuesday, they actually play the first two rounds of the tournament. Uh, there are eight teams, uh, Black River Falls, Bay Area, uh, Chippewa Falls, Menominee, and uh, the Warbirds. Hayward plays Fox Cities. Oakland Area Stars plays Rock County. Those games will all take place at nine or eleven o'clock on the two different rinks they have there in Chippewa Falls. And then in the afternoon, they will just uh, stay on on one rink and play them two hours apart. Then the final round on Wednesday. Um, Notre Dame on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday will host their, well, the little sign still says showdown in Titletown, but they're calling it the Notre Dame Academy Showcase. That'll have Eau Claire Memorial playing Verona, Notre Dame Academy playing Wausau West, St. Mary Springs playing Chippewa Falls, and Edgewood playing Superior to open up that one. So um, I'll be at the, the, the girls tournament in Chippewa Falls on Tuesday and Wednesday, and hopefully um, be able to catch at least a couple of games uh, in Notre Dame on 
Thursday. I have to take another day off for that. But what would you rather do? Go watch the last round of the holiday tournament at the at Cornerstone or work? Tough decision. Yeah, I think I'll go do some hockey watching. So, well, we also have the bracket in for the uh, 2021 Culver's Cup High School Hockey Tournament Girls Varsity Division, which is held in Madison on the 28th, 29th, and 30th. And the opening round actually finds the Metro Lynx playing the Wisconsin Valley Union at Madison Ice Arena on Tuesday. And at the same time at the Hartmeyer Ice Arena will be Superior versus the Central Wisconsin Storm. And then Tuesday afternoon, Cap City Cougars will be playing Lakeshore Lightning at Hartmeyer at 245. And that evening at 515 will be the St. Croix Valley Fusion taking on the Brookfield Glacier. Uh, the winners, well, you know, both will play again on, at, everybody will play at Hartmeyer on Wednesday. And then on uh, Thursday, the Constellation Championship and the uh, championship games will be at Madison Ice Arena and the other two games will be at Hartmeyer. Uh, at the same time this tournament goes on, they also do host a boys varsity and boys junior varsity tournament, but I haven't seen the brackets for that. those come in yet. I, I do know that Andrea has offered to send us the results in as soon as they're done, but you know, we're always looking for more information on the holiday tournaments. I don't know if they've always been this way, um, the superior girls team is only playing 11 of their allotted 24 games, um, against Wisconsin teams this year. The rest of them are in Minnesota. I mean, I know that superior traditionally plays Minnesota, but I don't know that the girls team has ever played that heavily in Minnesota. Uh, they I have a lot of, a lot of Minnesota games this year. Yeah, I, I think they're playing more up there this year, but I'm wondering if they're playing in a conference up there too. I'm not sure. Uh, but it probably helps cut down on their traveling a little bit. Uh, oh, definitely. You know, you know, I'm also wondering this year how many teams are low on their numbers. You know, I, I know like watching the Rock County Fury on Thursday, their roster wasn't really big on their – they might have had 10 players, 11 players max, I think, suited up on Thursday. And, and I've also, you know, we're seeing a lot of games that are being postponed or canceled. And I, and I still end up wondering how many of those are actually due to lack of players due to illness coming through right now. Well, I mean, it is important to remember that, like, the ICU beds in Wisconsin are all full. I mean, we're not done yet. No, we're not. I, I mean, uh, actually, I, I know uh, I know a person right now that's, you know, very very ill and in, in a coma from from it and everything. So I mean, we all we all realize this. You know, it's nothing to play around with, and everything. And we 
And, you know, the, the nice thing is, is we stay away from the pol political side on this. All we do is we look at, you know, the safety of the players and uh, that are involved in playing. And, you know, that's, that's the main concern here. Burglars looking at something very intently. You're on mute. We learned one other thing uh, this week or today. Uh, the WIAA slipped in a, an overtime uh, official game change on us during the offseason. Uh, for, for, for years, it was always the, the game ended. Officially, the game ended after an eight-minute overtime period. If it was still tied, it went down as a tie. Even if it was in a tournament and you ended up going another overtime or a shootout or whatever, Officially, everything stopped after that eight minutes. Uh, now they added a five-minute three-on-three overtime period after the eight-minute. Um, and we, I, I, I did some quick checking on some of the, you know, looked at some of the ties that we've had, and some of them ended after eight minutes. Um, some of them went two overtimes. So I don't know if, I don't know why the ones that are listed, I think, well, one of them was uh, Notre Dame and was it Oakland Memorial tied? Yeah, that was at the tournament. To start and the I season. think they used a shootout. Yes. They to did. determine a winner. So that doesn't count, but I mean, I don't know. I don't know why they didn't do a, a, a three on three for five minutes before that. Well, Maybe. if teams are going to start doing three-on-three -three overtime, I've got this wonderful article about Sergei Fedorov and his KHL team that they should read. <laughs> Pull the goalie. Pull the goalie. Uh, it's not something you can do all the time, but Sergei Fedorov, everybody you know remembers him with the Red Wings, is coaching a KHL team, and um, during certain situations, if he's got his top guys on the ice and they get it in the offensive zone and they have control of the puck in three-on-three -three overtime, he is pulling his goalie putting his team up for three and he's won both times he's done it. It's high risk, high reward, but four on three is, is a big advantage on the ice. Especially if you're in, you know, green heck is Olympic sized ice. If you're in one of the Olympic sized arenas, four on three, there's a lot of ice to play around. If your top four guys are on the ice. Plus, you know, it's fun. It's much more likely that if one of the teams in a three on three pulls their goalie, that you're going to get a win instead of a tie, whether it's because they managed to take advantage and score or because the other team gets an empty netter. Nobody likes yeah, ties. Um, yeah. I just looked, uh, the superior girls team is not in the Lake superior conference, which has, uh, Duluth and Duluth Marshall and Cloquet and Proctor and that. So uh, I don't believe they're in a, a tournament in, in, a in Minnesota either. Um, I mean, in a tournament conference. So looking back, I, I, while we're here going, I looked at the Viroqua girls uh, schedule and everything. Um, they've lost two of their games. They're sitting at a, with a four and three record and they, uh, two other games they've lost are, were by three to two scores, one of them in overtime to the Icebergs, or no, in overtime to Black River Falls, and then three to two to the Icebergs. They also lost uh, on Alaska five to two. 
Uh, they've scored 21 goals and have given up five. Well, I guess that's probably just in their conference games because that's where it's showing. But, you know, so oh, they, they could be interesting to watch this year. I mean, I'm not saying that none of the teams are, are uninteresting to watch because you learn a little bit about all of them when you see them. But it's going to be interesting to see where they go with their season. Yeah, it's just that game that, you know, we were going through the player of the week nominations. That game against Cap City really stuck out to me because Cap City hadn't given up more than three goals to anybody. And then Viroqua came in and dropped a seven on them. I mean. And, you know, as we see that that was a foreign exchange student um, there. Uh, before the season started, I think I talked to both of you about um, RWD having a foreign exchange student and he didn't get to play in their opener as they were still waiting for the clearance to come in through the WIAA saying he was okay to be playing varsity sports and everything. I did see he picked up an assist on their game winning goal the other day and two, their two to one win over sock. That's right. Foreigners come to Wisconsin and learn how to play hockey. Don't go to Minnesota or Michigan. All right. Anything else, guys? Nope. Happy I holidays. I know nothing. <laughs> yes. Uh, be careful in your travels. Um, if you're doing any traveling for the holidays, uh, sounds like we may get some snow again this weekend. Uh, drive carefully. Snow means slow. Keep your stick on the ice. Um, all that good stuff. For Dell and Bill Jr. and the wayward MJ Hammett. Uh, this is Bill Berg wishing you a uh, happy holiday.